Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to episode seven on What About Therapy. I'm your host, Enoch Fossum, and I'm currently going to school to become a licensed marriage and family therapist. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about radical acceptance, what it is, how we can apply it, and how it will help us live a more self-fulfilled, happy, and peaceful life. All that coming up next on What About Therapy. All right, everyone, I hope you're doing well. I know I am. Uh, I'm actually recording in the morning for once. I usually record in the evenings, so this is great. I love it. So like you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking about radical acceptance. So this topic was actually uh, suggested to me by my brother, and so I got looking into it, and I actually re- I really love it a lot. And I I knew about radical acceptance. I just didn't know that it was called radical acceptance. So I'm going to be reading from an article on betterhelp.com. It's just titled, let's see here. What is radical acceptance and how can it help me? So this article is really great. Betterhelp.com is an amazing resource for you if you want to learn anything about therapy or if you're actually thinking about going to therapy, you can also set up uh, sessions online with a therapist and it'll match you with a therapist in your state. That's This isn't an ad or anything. <laughs> it's not an ad for betterhelp.com, but from what I've been able to see in about betterhelp.com, it's, it's an awesome place to go. So first, so I'm going to be doing a lot of reading in this episode from, from this article. So I'm going to read like a paragraph then talk about it and kind of just keep going. So here in the first paragraph, it says, individuals with mental health issues, concerns, and disorders very often all suffer from one common thing, a skewed sense of their own identity. Having a clear idea of who you are, what you want, and who you, let's see, and what you are about is invaluable in navigating the world in safety, confidence, and strength. Let me reread that. So having a clear idea of who you are, what you want, and what you are about is invaluable in navigating the world in safety, confidence, and strength. The last sentence says, losing this pivotal aspect of being human can lead to a cascade of other issues. And then real quick, it says, fortunately, there's a way to combat this type of loss of yourself. And it starts with radical acceptance. So starting to change and really come to understand who you are as a human being or myself coming to know who Enoch is, it starts with radical acceptance. So I love the first sentence, how it says, we all have a skewed sense. I guess people with mental health issues have a skewed sense of their own identity. And I really think that all of us have a skewed sense of our identity in some way or another, or at some point uh, or another. I'm not saying we always have a skewed sense of our identity, but eventually, even if you don't struggle with mental health, health disorders, I do think that you will struggle with really trying to understand who you are as an individual and really just those with, uh, mental health issues, it's more apparent, I would say, in the sense of their their skewed sense of their own identity. So, and I've been reading this book called, let's see, it's in the Buddha's words, 
And so it's about Buddhism and how it can help us. And and a lot I've I've been loving, I've been studying, at least learning about Buddhism this past this past year, you know, over the course of a year. And it's been it's been really awesome, been really enlightening to me. And a lot of people think that Buddhism is a religion. In some sense it is, but for the most part, Buddhism is just a way of life. And their whole goal is to find truth and to really reach something called nirvana, which is a like a transcendence, like super peace in your life. And so anything that is true, anything that brings peace, that's what Buddhism's about. And I love it. And there's a quote in that book where the Buddha says that insight is the principal instrument of liberation. And so that is, in a sense, talking about radical acceptance. So insight or having radical acceptance, which we'll talk about here, is the principal instrument of liberation. So radical acceptance is, like it says in this first paragraph, it the whole beginning of change starts and really coming to like know who you are and understand yourself starts with radical acceptance or starts with insight. So when we have insight to ourselves and the world around us, that's the beginning of liberation and of freedom. So here in the second paragraph, it's titled, What is Radical Acceptance? So it says, Radical Acceptance is a practice developed by Marsha Linehan. I hope I pronounced that right, Linehan? Anyways, so this particular practice, let's see, it's used in a dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. This particular practice was created based on the notion that reality must be accepted rather than fought against. And that fighting and railing against a situation is a greater cause of suffering than the situation itself, which I think that is really, really interesting. So radical acceptance, as its name suggests, means exactly that. Accepting everything about yourself, your current situation, and your life without question, blame, or pushback. So far from condoning or embracing what you are and what you are going through, radical acceptance advocates simply accepting yourself and your circumstances in order to better move through and past them. I think that is, that right there is such a beautiful little section. Excuse me. So a lot of suffering doesn't come from the present, which I think is an interesting thing to think about. And that's why radical acceptance is very useful and very helpful for depression, anxiety, and stress. Because if you think about it, depression, a lot of the times comes from dwelling in the past or thinking about things that you wish you could have done or you should have done when you should on yourself, right? And anxiety comes from dwelling on things in the future, like things that haven't happened yet. And I'm not saying all depression, all anxiety come from these sources. This is this is just a like a big part of depression and anxiety. When you dwell in the future, you don't know what's to come. That's what brings anxiety. And same thing with stress. I mean, when you, again, don't know what's to come, don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, and you have a lot going on in your life that can bring that can bring some stress. 
And so suffering a lot of the times doesn't come from in the moment. It comes from dwelling in the past or the future, which I think is very interesting to think about. If you think about times that you've been depressed or been really anxious, uh, I think you'll be able to see that, sorry, that uh, depression, or that you were depressed or you were anxious because you were dwelling in the past or dwelling in the future. And again, that may not be the case for you or for a certain situation, but those are just key components of depression and anxiety and stress. So I'll keep going on here. So it says radical acceptance is helpful for all manner of ailments, including various mental health maladies and concerns. This is because fighting against something often makes it worse. In one study, people were told to think of white bears, then expressly forbidden from doing so a few minutes later. The study's participants found it virtually impossible to stop thinking of white bears. Once the directive changed to allow students to think of bears, the urge to do so actually went away. Accepting yourself, your situation, and your mental health status can actually help alleviate some of the symptoms associated with each of these things. So this study that was done, and you can do it with yourself too. Like right now as I'm talking, I'm saying, think of white bears. Okay, think of a white bear with a Santa hat on. Okay, and then I'm going to say, okay, now don't think of a white bear with a Santa hat on. Don't think of it. Don't think of it. Don't think of a white bear with a little elf hat. Because odds are you're thinking of those things as I'm saying, don't think about it. So this is a an interesting thing called psychological reactance. So that's when you tell your brain not to do something and it does that anyway. So and it can be it can be really damaging with things like depression and anxiety and stress because you are saying to yourself like don't think about being depressed or don't think about this like the situation that brings me anxiety or that brings me stress. And when you say, don't think about it, your brain's like, huh, all right, fine. I'm going to think about it. What are you going to do about it? What? And so that's a psychological reactant, which I think is super interesting. And so when you accept that you, let's say, struggle with anxiety or struggle with depression, you accept it. And this also goes along the lines of acceptance and commitment therapy. And that's also what I'm going to talk about in future episodes. I know I've said that before. But that's that's later down the road. So when you accept the moment, okay, accept everything about you, and you don't tell yourself to not think about certain things, it's a lot easier to combat those those issues that you're struggling with, if that makes sense. Like when the students were told that they, like, let's see, how'd they word it? So once the directive changed to allow students to think of bears, the urge to do so actually went away. And so when you're given the opportunity to just think about it and you're not told not to, then a lot of the times you you don't. And it's a lot easier to combat those things. And a weird example is, so here in uh, our little apartment, my wife and I have these three little cups on our coffee table. And they're always filled with candy, okay? Like, my favorite candy in the world is Skittles. So one of them is always filled with Skittles. One of them is usually always filled with like Reese's peanut butter cups. And the other recently was filled with Cadbury eggs for Easter. And 
I think it's interesting because when the option is always there for you, when it's always been there for me to have that candy, a lot of the times I am able to control myself and I just don't eat as much rather than like back in the day when I was younger, if the candy was hid from me and I was told not to eat it, then obviously, you know, you know what happens. That's when you sneak in the cupboard at night or in the morning when your parents aren't, aren't around and you eat the candy because you're told not to. And so the psychological reactant is to go against what you're told not to do something. <laughs> and so that's, it's super interesting. I'll probably do an entire episode on psychological reactants here in the future. But so anyways, this next paragraph is titled what causes suffering. And we kind of talked about this as well. So this question is not one that is readily answered. The exact cause of suffering is not widely agreed upon, nor is it determined by any single governing party. So what has become an increasingly common thread, though, is the notion that attachment or fixation is a significant cause of suffering, separate from any specific religious ideology or philosophical leaning. A suffering is a result of an attachment to an idea, a previous situation, or determination of what should happen, what you should be, or what your life should be. To acknowledge and accept the entirety of your life and yourself is to remove yourself from the possibility of experiencing this type of suffering. So, in a sense, radical acceptance is, uh, at the core, is mindfulness. Okay, and it's practicing uh, non-attachment, like non-attachment, what's the word, like ideas, thoughts. So, and at first when I read this, I was like, okay, but isn't like being attached to someone like healthy or being attached to something, can that be healthy? And in a sense, man, I think my text tone has gone off like three episodes in a row. Sorry about that. Where was I? So attachment causes suffering, which I think is, when I first read that, I, was, I thought that was really weird. So when you are attached to a previous situation, that can cause depression, right? If it didn't go the way that you wanted it to, then you, would, you can beat yourself up on it. And if you're attached to that situation, you'll just keep on beating yourself up and it'll just go in this cycle. And then, then talks about, you know, if you focus on things, how, like how your life should be, how you should be. So if you just should on yourself, <laughs> then that's, that can cause suffering. We know this. So let's see, just going over my notes here. Bum, 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 bum. So yeah, we're going to keep talking about this, this detachment, non-attachment as we keep going on. So the next paragraph is titled, When Radical Acceptance is Used. So radical acceptance is used in situations that are beyond our control. Okay, that's, that's a very important part right there. It's used in situations that are beyond our control. Radical acceptance should not be engaged in situations that require a change, such as an abusive relationship or a dangerous work situation. Instead, radical acceptance is applied to things that occur without us being able to have a hand in them. Radical acceptance can be applied to a devastating breakup, a sudden sharp turn in your life plans, the loss of a loved one, or the loss of a job. 
Each of these scenarios could prompt an unending response of fury, denial, pain, and fighting, or each of them can be accepted as a new reality and moved on from. Ultimately, the goal of radical acceptance is progression and growth in the place of stagnation and clinging to the past. So radical acceptance should not be used when you can change the situation. So like the examples it gives, if you're in an abusive relationship, you don't have to stay in that relationship, okay? That is in your control. And if you are in a dangerous work situation or any other situation that can be harmful to you, you have control over it so you can leave, you can get out of that situation. So radical acceptance is supposed to be used and is used in situations that you can't necessarily control or it says that you don't have a hand in them so the all the goal all the examples it gives are great so if you lose a job if you get fired that's not really in your control i mean maybe it could have been maybe you got fired because you were lazy or something but if you're fired you're fired right there's nothing you can do about it or if you break up with someone if you lose a loved one etc Radical acceptance can help you with accepting your new reality, your new life, and start to work away from these attached relationships or your attached feelings to these scenarios, these situations. It can help you to create a more non-attached and which will allow you to move on with your life and start to work on yourself. So... There, there's this story of this, it's a, a Taoist story, okay, in Taoism. So there's the story of a man, and his wife and him were living a very happy life. They were married for, I don't know, a long time, like, you know, 40, 50 years. And then unexpectedly, the man's wife dies, and... So he goes to her grave for a couple days every day and just cries, just breaks down and pours out his heart. And it's just having a really hard time. And people would notice this and they felt sorry for him, felt really bad for him. But a couple days later, after his wife passed and after he, after he mourned and went through that, he all of a sudden was in a very happy mood. And people also notice this and they're like, man, like, what's, what's your deal? A couple days ago or yesterday, you were crying like all day for, for days. And now you're happy. Like what's going on? And he says that he accepted the new reality and he is moving on. And at first, like on the surface to some of you, I know to me anyway, when I first heard about it, I was like, man, but like, isn't that, I don't know, like a slap in the face, maybe to your loved one where you just move on, like, you know, you just kind of go on with your life. But no, it's really not. Radical acceptance, when you create this non-attached, these feelings, these non-attached situations or feelings towards people and you are able to move on, that is so much healthier for you. We'll also talk about that here in this article, this other article that I read, there's a really good quote that I like in it that I'll have to find. But so after the, after the man accepted the reality, he was happy and he chose to move on. 
And I just think that's a very powerful story of, of radical acceptance and the power that it has to help us move on and to help us accept reality, accept how it is, and know that it's okay and that we can continue to change and our life goes on. So here, let's see, after that paragraph, we'll now learn about the components of radical acceptance, okay, so what it entails. So it says, rather than being a thought or idea, radical acceptance actually contains in it several components that must be put into practice. It is a well and, sorry, it is all well and good to say to yourself, I accept myself just as I am. But unless you live in a way that espouses that belief, the belief is useless to you and everyone else. To practice radical acceptance, you must. So first, I love how it says like that, using that positive affirmation. So I accept myself just as I am. And this is the problem with positive affirmations is that if you don't believe them, okay, they can cause more harm than good. Because if you say, I am handsome or I'm beautiful and you you don't believe it to your core or you have a hard time with that, then every time you see yourself in the mirror, you'll say, oh, no, I'm not. Like, who am I joking? Are you kidding me? That's just a bunch of baloney. And so when you don't believe it or when you say things that are just like not in line with how you're living, then they can do more harm than good. I hope that makes sense. So these are the components here of radical acceptance. So first, you must accept yourself and your life for what they are, not for what you want them to be. Okay, that's the first most important thing. Accept it how it is now, not what it could have been if you changed something, not what it will be right now. Okay, focus on the now. You then realize and acknowledge what you can and cannot control. Then you survey yourself and your life without judgment or condemnation. Okay, that's very important. And then you want to acknowledge the facts of yourself and your situation, accept reality, and practice mindfulness and live in the present moment. So, like I said before, mindfulness is really at the core of radical acceptance. And actually, what's really cool is that here soon, I'm actually going to start to be a certified mindful habit coach, which is really cool. So more news to come on that in the future, because I, as I've been learning more about things like addiction and depression, anxiety, is that if you are able to know these mindful uh, habits, okay, mindful practices that you can do, a lot of our problems, a lot of our issues that we struggle with aren't really as bad when you live in the moment. Life becomes more beautiful and more special to you when you're able to live in the moment. Because a lot of us, especially with technology, you know, we're living in uh, what could have been or what can be, what should be, because we see all these uh, different posts of telling us how we should live our life or how our life could be different. And it can be really hard to live in the moment, you know, using social media Things like YouTube and stuff, that's kind of, it just numbs you from reality. It really does. And so that can be, that can be really harmful and increases your feelings of depression, anxiety, loneliness, uh, feeling of, of self-worth. You know, you won't, you don't feel good enough. 
And so mindfulness is the key to a lot of these problems. So those are the main things that you can put into practice now. Okay, so I'm going to read them again. So accept yourself and your life for what they are. Okay, don't focus on the future. Don't focus on the past. Focus on the now. Okay, and learn to accept it now. You then realize and acknowledge that you can and cannot control. And so you can always control how you react to things. Okay, and you can't always control. Well, you can never control what happens to others. All right. And so learning to keep a stable interior and not let the exterior things ruin or imbalance the things interior, okay? The things inside yourself, your thoughts, your feelings. If you practice this, you can control them, even in stressful situations, even in like heated situations. You're able to keep a level head, a cool head, because you've practiced mindfulness and radical acceptance. You then want to survey yourself and your life without judgment, or without condemnation. And so if you are surveying your life, okay, where you are now, don't judge yourself saying, oh, like you're only here in this, in this life, in, sorry, in this part of your life, or like you haven't even started college yet or whatever. Okay. Don't, don't judge yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Just survey your life and you're where you are because you're where you are. You know, that's it. So then you acknowledge the facts of yourself and your situation. And I think a lot of the times we try to make these, these like fantasy versions of ourselves, of who we think we are or who we, again, should be or should have been. We create these different versions of ourselves. And we, like I said in the beginning, we have a skewed identity. And so learning to fully accept yourself as, as you are without judgment and acknowledge the facts of yourself, then that's the beginning of discovering your identity, right? Like we talked about. So then like the next point is accept reality. So just accept it. You know, if you're going through a hard time, if life kind of sucks right now, accept that. Realize there, again, realize the things that you can't control and if life is hard because of situations that you cannot control, then what you can't control is how you go through the situation, okay? So then you practice mindfulness and live in the present moment. One of my favorite mindfulness practices or things to ground me, things to, to bring me to the present is breathing. I, when I'm like, sorry, <clears throat> when I'm living in the future care okay, if i'm dwelling on the past and i want to bring myself to the present then i just focus on my breathing okay count your breaths so in one out two in three out four and do that all the way up to 10 15 20 and if you lose count then start over okay if you lose count that means you weren't focusing on the moment you weren't focusing on your breathing. And so counting your breath is a great way to practice mindfulness and to just focus on the now, the very moment. And as I've been able to do that, honestly, as I've been able to practice that every day, it's been it's been really awesome for me. And I've been able to live more in the moment and see things that I wouldn't have seen if I was dwelling in the future or dwelling in the past.
So let's see. So this goes on to say that part of refusing to accept reality is living in the future, the past, like we've talked about. So rather than living in the present moment, radical acceptance is a subset of living mindfully and requires you to leave behind any fantasies you might have about your past or your future and to root yourself and to root yourself firmly in your life as it actually is without any judgment, anger, or denial. The last thing here are the roots of radical acceptance. So despite the functioning as a recognized mental health treatment, radical acceptance does have some roots in Buddhism and the Buddhist lifestyle. No surprise there, right? One of the basic notions of this world, religion, or uh, way of living is that attachment is the root of suffering, and the lack of attachment means in many ways the lack of suffering. After all, it can be argued, if you're not attached to loved ones, why would you suffer greatly when those loved ones are gone? If you are not attached to money and a certain standard of living, why suffer when the same money has gone? If you are not attached to your identity as a fixed, definitive thing, you need not suffer when aspects of your personality or identity are ripped away. And that kind of really puts it into perspective, right? It helps you, it's helped, helped me realize anyway that, oh my gosh, like I am actually attached to a lot of things. And if you think about it, those things that I'm attached to, that you're attached to, really do bring a lot of suffering, anxiety, stress, like a big one's money, right? Or school. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, so... <clears throat> It goes on to say that this functions as the basis of radical acceptance. Accepting yourself and your life is a form of practicing non-attachment, and it gives you the freedom to live your life from moment to moment rather than perpetually scrambling to recreate a moment in time or forcing your life to fall into line with the plan you'd previously set forth. So accepting life with a non-attachment style, okay, going through life as it is and as it will come, accepting things as it comes, really deloads that stress and anxiety and depression. And again, I'm not saying that if you, you know, do accept reality, you're not going to be depressed or anxious or, or anything like that, because you still can be. But radical acceptance is just a tool for us to practice, to be able to overcome a lot of these feelings that we have and to help us live a more a happier life and a more peaceful life. So it goes on to say that when you begin uh, a radical acceptance practice, one of the first things to do is think about what is causing you the greatest amount of pain. You might identify trauma as a root of your issues, a breakup, or some other unpleasant event in your life. You might find that your need for radical acceptance comes after your life not taking the turns you'd expected or hoped. Whatever the case may be, determining the source of your suffering is an important part of this work. Once you can pinpoint the thing that is causing you pain, you can begin working on applying radical acceptance to them. And then <clears throat> in this last paragraph, it just talks about how that you can do this yourself. You can, you know, you journal, you can read books that help you do this, and you can go see a licensed professional to help you understand the tools and to um, help you apply them in your life as well. But I really do hope that this episode is helpful. I know that as I've been able to practice mindfulness and practice uh, radical acceptance, I've been able to 
just be happier, you know, to live in the moment. Cause that's really where true happiness comes is from the moment. And I hope that you can understand the whole non-attachment style um, of things, not being attached to uh, people, places, or things. And it kind of like, I understand it can sound bad or negative to not be attached to them, but it's been proven that uh, not being attached is healthier for you. Actually, that reminds me real quick. Let me try and find this, uh, this article. Shoot. Actually, I don't know if I'm going to be able to Oh man. Let's see. Here, I'm actually going to pause this real quick, find it, and come back to you. All right. So I found it here. So it says that research on the more general construct of non attachment shows that letting go of attachments and attempts to control experience in general is beneficial for well being. Research using uh, let's see, Sadra's non-attachment scale shows that higher levels of non-attachment are associated with greater short-term subjective well-being, more longer-term pervasive psychological well-being, and reduced amounts of negative psychological symptoms such as rumination, depression, anxiety, and stress. So I think uh, and and I, I totally agree with this article because I've been able to see it in my own life where not being attached to people, places, or things, and just going with the flow, in a sense, going with what life throws at you, and being able to control how you react to them in a healthy, positive way. Um, my life has been a lot, uh, a lot happier and a lot peaceful, <laughs> a lot peaceful, a lot more peaceful. Um, and that doesn't say that you know, I haven't experienced hardships or that I do experience hardships or that I experience depression, anxiety, or stress. You know, we're, we're all human, right? We're going to experience those things really no matter what, because that's just life. But practicing radical acceptance and practicing mindfulness, we're able to have that tool at the ready for when we do experience these stressful or anxious or, uh, you know, depressed feelings, we're able to put those tools into action and start to overcome them. And in a sense, it, it, it will make your life better in the present moment, right then and there. And again, this does take time. Okay. Remember it, it does take practice. So don't get too upset with yourself. If you try radical acceptance or you try mindfulness, um, habits, mindfulness practices, and you don't get it right the first time. Okay. It's called practice, right? Mindfulness practice, radical acceptance practice. It takes time, but eventually if you do it every day and you do it consistently, you will get better at it and you will, you'll, you'll get really good at it and you'll be able to start, see, start to see a change in your life and in the way that you feel. So again, I hope this episode is helpful. If you made it this far, thank you guys so much for the support. And I'm going to try, I don't know, I keep going back and forth and uh, putting episodes out every two weeks or every week. I'm just going to start doing what I want to do by episode. And so I'll probably uh, put out another episode next week. All right. So until next time, I'll see you guys later. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. That's how I'll be able to reach and help as many people as I possibly can. And if you know of anyone that could possibly benefit from this episode or any other one of my episodes, please share it with them. You can also subscribe or follow to be notified when my future episodes come out. Thank you all so much for your support, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.